0: Hey, Farm Ezek Podcast listeners, welcome to Episode 22. This is Michelle Miscalli, Senior Editor of Farm Ezek Magazine.
1: Hey, guys, this is Kristen Harm, Associate Editor of Farm Ezek Magazine.
0: Farm Exec is a multimedia publishing brand that brings you the latest commercial insights for the suite Kristen,
1: what are we talking about in today's episode? Today we have Nicola Kale, Vice President of Marketing at Felix Pharmaceuticals on with us. We originally had her on the podcast to talk about the challenges of marketing products that
0: address, quote-unquote, embarrassing problems. But as you'll hear, we shifted gears a bit abruptly when she shared with us how her team is using virtual reality with doctors.
1: Let's take a quick break before we speak with her.
0: Are you on LinkedIn? If so, you should join the Pharmaceutical Executive Group and connect with over 16,000 of your pharma and biotech colleagues in everyday discussions about the industry. Just search Pharmaceutical Executive on your LinkedIn group page and request to be added.
1: Hello, podcasters. Today we're speaking with Nicola Kale, Vice President of Marketing at Salis Pharmaceuticals. Welcome to the pharm podcast, Nicola. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We're happy to have you today. Can you uh, start us off by briefly telling us a little bit about Salix Pharmaceuticals and your role at the company?
2: Sure. I would love to. And um, <clears throat> I think that's a great question just to kick off um, the whole interview, because as we move into 2019, that's, it's going to be a very exciting year for Salix. We're actually celebrating our 30th anniversary, um, and so we have some plans in place to, to have uh, a lot of exciting initiatives throughout the year to celebrate our success. So let me tell you a little bit about who we are as a company. Uh, Salix is a company committed to the treatment of GI or, or gastrointestinal disorders, um, and we have a mission that we believe there's no finish line in terms of improving solutions for uh, patients and, and also providers who treat GI disorders. Um, And so we are committed to constant innovation in order to address unmet needs that are out there uh, for both healthcare providers and also patients in the pursuit of an overall better GI experience. Um, The company, Salex, is actually headquartered in Bridgewater, New Jersey. I've been with the company for just over three years, and my current role is vice president of marketing.
0: One of the reasons we wanted to have you on was because of the type of products your company makes which are solutions for what could be considered embarrassing medical issues. I imagine a commercial about IBS while people are eating dinner not exactly something most people want to see or talk about, or it's not like an allergy pill where someone brags what a great job it's doing to their friends. So what type of challenges does a product like this pose in relation to marketing?
2: Well, I, I can tell you one thing, Michelle. It doesn't set you up for a good conversation over Thanksgiving, as you you mentioned. But um, yeah, the the products that we have within our portfolio they they treat conditions uh, like IBSD, which is Irritable Bowel Syndrome with diarrhea. Uh, we also have another product that treats opioid-induced constipation. And so, when you think about marketing those to consumers, it does pose a, a unique challenge in terms of consumer activation. Uh, we do a lot of consumer research, and we find that pe- people who have these conditions, um, they they eventually just resign themselves to living with them and trying to manage them as best they can on a daily basis themselves. They they get to a point where they really feel that there's just no solution for them. They've tried and they've failed uh, so many over-the-counter options, sometimes other prescription options, um, and, and they become quite a challenge because they've, they've be- become resigned in a sense to the fact that there's no solution out there, and this is just what they're going to life, their life's going to be moving forward, and they just have to deal with it. And so um, when it comes to marketing to that type of consumer who has resigned to accept the situation, uh, it is pretty challenging.
1: So of all the products that you have, which one would you say is the most challenging, and how did you and your team work through that?
2: Yeah, you know what? We, we have quite a lot of products in our portfolio, uh, Kristen, but there's one that – when you talk about challenge, kind of rises to the top of the pack in terms of priorities. And it's a product that we have that treats a condition called hepatic encephalopathy. Um, It's a very serious condition that's associated with the complication of cirrhosis. um, And it also comes with a very high mortality rate. And so from you know an emotional perspective, that really rises to the pack in terms of an urgent challenge for us to solve. Um, We address that in several ways from a healthcare perspective. A healthcare professional perspective, um, these patients often have repeat hospital visits and that adds up to a significant economic burden on the healthcare system. And in order to address that, we really have to try to get in front of and educate a wide range of stakeholders. And that becomes a challenge when you're trying to navigate through the institution from, you know, the C-suite to hepatology to gastroenterology to hospitalists who are working on the floor and then ultimately down to the the people in the ER who are admitting the the patients. So that's a challenge from uh, an HCP, um, healthcare professional education. From the patient perspective, there's a challenge as well, because once patients experience an episode, then they get better, and they feel much better. And so it's very important for us as a team to focus our efforts on constant disease via education. We need to ensure that that patient's uh, adherent to treatment, um, and that involves us becoming very innovative and thinking through ways how to enhance patient compliance. Um, We've done that recently through initiatives such as texting. Um, And then the third element in terms of the challenge in treating this condition is that there's a caregiver aspect as well, um, which doesn't often come with a lot of brands that you have to market. Um, we've discovered that they're also a very important target audience for us, and that um, ensuring that we have their support and their involvement is key to that compliance and early intervention that I also talked about.
0: So, can you give examples of how you've done that? You talked a little bit about the texting. Can you kind of go a little bit more in depth and give an example? Yeah, it, as I
2: said, you know, this condition uh, the patients have an episode. Um, it's a neurological, uh, you know, event in their life when they go on treatment, they they feel better, um, and so they often think that they don't have to take their medication anymore. Um, once you have this condition, it it doesn't go away. It never resolves itself, and to keep yourself, um, you know, in in the in the best state possible, you need to stay on on your treatment option, whatever your, your physician has decided. And so we find that by texting these patients on a daily basis, it just continuously reminds them uh, to take the right steps to look after themselves as best possible. We also text the caregiver because, again, we find that they are critical because they often notice the early signs and symptoms when that patient has, has stopped taking their medication and is able to you know intervene and correct the situation. Is that something that they have
0: to opt into, or is that kind of automatic? How does that happen? The
2: the, the initiative that we have in place that they, they can opt in, both the patient and the caregiver.
0: That's really interesting. Would you say that most of of the patients and the caregivers opt in, or is it so early in the kind? Of, how long have you been all? Oh, first of all, I guess I should step back. How long have you been offering the text? Tech-
2: so this is a program we introduced Q1 of this year, um, and again, yes, if we can, you know, provide the education through our physician offices directly to patients, we do find that they are highly motivated to uh, participate in this resource, and, and um, they do enjoy the, the kind of constant reminders. And it's also uh, an ability for them to feel connected to somebody, or you know, some way uh, that also cares about their condition and, and their their best health.
0: One of our earlier podcasts. We had a CEO whose company was developing eye products, specifically dry eye. And we talked mm-hmm. a little bit about how like dry eye is not as, you know, quote unquote sexy as something like gene editing or curing cancer, at least on the surface. GI issues kind of fall into that same situation. So how do you stand out when you're not getting those big headlines like that?
2: Well again, I do agree with you. G I is not sexy. Um so let me let me talk you through um Irritable bile syndrome with diarrhea, for example, with this one. I didn't know if you're aware of the prevalence of, of this in the US, but we actually have stats that up to 16 million Americans suffer with IBSD here in the US. Um, and the the more interesting t- statistic is that many of them are undiagnosed and actually untreated um, because, as, as I'm sure you can imagine, this is a topic that many people don't want to talk about in terms of their bile habits. So. As I mentioned earlier, they they just choose to, you know, really suffer alone and and, and in silence. So to educate and empower these patients, um, we have remain pretty dedicated to thinking about different ways to be innovative and and to stand out. So let me talk to you about two of those. One uh, we introduced this year was virtual reality, and that was an opportunity to educate doctors uh, about irritable bowel syndrome in terms of taking them through a three-dimensional tour of the human digestive system. The second way we tried to kind of draw attention to this condition was using body art, um, and we felt that that was you know a different way to draw attention to somewhat of an embarrassing topic um, by painting the symptoms of having IBSD on um, on body models. Um, so our overall goal by really uh, you know investing in tactics like this was was just to get everybody thinking about the condition differently by putting them in a situation where we were able to evoke, you know, a very emotional and, and memorable experience.
0: I actually want to talk about, um, we were going to talk about this a little later on in the podcast, but I'm going to kind of talk about it now. Um, I think using virtual reality is so interesting. Tell me yeah. about whose idea was it to use the VR with the doctors? Were there any internal concerns about it or pushback for using something that's very trendy like this, but not completely, I would say, um, accepted in, in this. I mean, the is a little bit different for something in medical marketing or pharmaceutical yeah. marketing.
2: Tell me yep. about
0: that. I think it's so interesting.
2: So so the idea actually came from one of our, our key opinionators, during the discussion that we were having at an ad board, um, the discussion topic was, you know, how do we really um, invest in the best education? And, and by that, we meant, like, how, how can we make it more effective? If we're going to put dollars into education, how can we make sure it's, it's a, a rewarding experience for that healthcare care provider? And, and so they, they were the ones that proposed virtual reality. Um, you're right. Initially, it was like, okay, how can we actually – execute on this because, as I'm sure you're both aware, this is a very highly regulated industry. Um, And so we did somewhat have uh, an internal learning curve to get our our teams comfortable and and, uh, really training our sales team um, and allowing them to use a virtual reality device and a headset to be able to educate their healthcare providers. But but we got there, um, and the feedback was that it, it really allowed for a more Engaging experience with that healthcare professional by giving them something tangible and also something memorable um, by making just the experience different for them.
0: So tell me a little bit about tell me a little bit about the feedback that you got from your salespeople and then from the actual doctors with using the VR.
2: So I'll take the doctors first. I mean, they thought it was pretty cool. Um, you know, they're used to seeing a sales professional. <laughs> Yeah, they're used to seeing a sales professional come into their office with, you know, an iPad or uh, um, you know, a hard copy Detail yet, and they they want to run as fast as they can to get away. Um but when we walked in with the, the virtual reality headsets, they, they were like, What is that? Can I try that? Can I touch it? Can I put it on? Um and so it allowed us to um, get much more time with our health care providers and, again, have an experience where they were fully engaged um, and um, their feedback was, you know, it was worth the time to take uh, to, to you know, out of their busy day to take a couple of minutes to put on the headset because the information that they gained out of it was very educational and very informative.
0: What was uh, the hardest so- part about training the sales team using the VR? You're you're
2: probably gonna laugh at this, but it was actually keeping the device charged. <laughs> 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 it's something something simple, but that was our biggest logistical uh nightmare.
0: That makes total sense. As someone who goes to a lot of conferences and is always tweeting and taking video and using my phone, I completely understand
1: that. <laughs> yeah. VR is still in its infancy when it comes to how marketers marketers are using it, especially in a space like pharma. So how mm-hmm. do you see it evolving over the next two years?
2: You know, I think, I think we're going to see a lot of evolution um, with technology of all sorts, you know, in particular VR. Because as you think about, like, how people learn, and our goal is to educate – the more senses you involve, the, the better that educational experience it is. So I, I think there will be a lot more um, investment into this area in the future and, and much more evolution. And, and in, you know, the feedback from our sales force was like, well, what's next? This is this is cool, but we want more. Um, and, in fact, we've already evolved our interaction, and, and we're now utilizing um, a concept called augmented reality. So
0: talk, talk a little bit about that augmented reality then. you think that um, – you think that that's going to
2: kind of be the next step? That, that was the next step we decided to go in, um, and really what that does is, again, allow us to have another very interactive experience. Um, this one we do utilize off the, off the rep's iPads, um, but it, it, again, has provided us with a platform where we can really grab the physician's attention, um, get some extra minutes of time within their busy day, uh, and really be able to educate them within a very interactive manner.
0: There are so many of these new tools out there for marketers right now like yourself. VR, social media, Snapchat, Facebook, LinkedIn. How do marketers like yourself sift through all of that noise and find out what really works best for their brand?
2: Well, to be honest, Snapchat's not my thing, so that one (laughs) – I shift two through right away, but I think you're right. There's like a lot of tools. And, and when you're thinking about, you know, where do you invest your dollars and, and how do you prioritize your, your time in a sense? I, I kind of am a pretty disciplined person. And so I always go back to like, what's the definition of marketing? And what are we trying to do? Um, and the definition is it's the activity and the process to create, communicate, deliver and Provide an offering that really has value for your customers, and and so ultimately, I think it it goes back to, do you really understand your target audience, and if you're going to invest in a tool, is it the right tool, um, because is it something that is relevant to your target audience, and, and particularly when you think about consumers, you know it's important to know where do they go to seek information. You know, what resources or sources do they really trust? And then when it comes to the type or the content, like what is the type of information or data that a consumer is going to act on? And, it's, and so I think if you really understand your consumer, then you understand right what are the right tools to get in front of your consumer.
0: Can we wrap up the podcast? Um, what advice do you have for other people in your position who want to try VR, or want to try these kind of new marketing tools. How do you get buy-in from your fellow C-suite executives and other people in the company?
2: So I think the buy-in goes back to that uh, you know mission that we have set for say, like in terms of you know we we're going to be a company where there is no finish line in terms of improving the solutions that we bring for providers and and for patients. And so to deliver on that mission, you have to create an environment that instills innovation. And so my advice to other leaders in the situation um, where you're running a team and and trying to stimulate innovation is um, really to create a culture that encourages that, embraces innovative ideas, um, is, is, prepare to kind of reward out-of-the-box thinking. I think uh, in pharma, it's all too easy to, to pick up the CM playbook every year and, and to try to run with it. Um, and I think to be more successful in the future, we have got to encourage as much innovation as possible within in the teams that we run.
0: I really
1: love that. Reward innovative thinking. I really like that philosophy. Thank you so much for coming on with us today, Nicola. We really appreciate it. It was a pleasure.
2: Thank you for having me.:
3: And now it's time for this week's leadership tip from Pharma Execs.:
2: My name is Nicola Kale. I'm vice President of Marketing for Salex Pharmaceuticals, and my leadership tip is uh, always try to create a culture that really stimulates and rewards innovation.
3: Thanks guys for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's Farm Exec podcast. We are always pleased to take you behind the headlines, provide expert tips from industry leaders, and give you an inside look at what the Farm Exec staff is working on.
1: Remember that you can always find us on the web at farmexec.com, on Twitter at farmexec, or on Instagram at farmexecutive, and on YouTube.
3: The views expressed on this podcast do not reflect the views of Farm Exec, its parent company, or our advertisers. For editorial questions, please email editorial director lisa.henderson at ubm.com. And for sponsorship opportunities, please email group publisher Todd Baker at todd.baker at ubm.com.